Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Secure Talk. My name is Mark Schreiner, and I will be your host for this episode of Secure Talk. Today, we're going to be talking with Nick Lumsden, who is the CTO and co founder of Tenacity Cloud. Nick has over 20 years of experience in security and compliance. And he's going to tell us a little bit about Tenacity, and then he's going to talk about how um, sprawl and cloud infrastructure can lead to security vulnerabilities and risk, uh, where you should put your priorities in terms of which vulnerabilities you should go after first, and then basically tell how you can tell whether or not your cloud infrastructure or your cloud tenant is protected. But before we do all that, we want to say hi to Nick. Nick, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing great, Mark. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Hey, so um, I looked at your LinkedIn profile. It looks like you're out in Ann Arbor. I am, yeah, based out of Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'm a Michigan native, lived on the East Coast for a while, D.C. area. Uh, decided, you know, that wasn't the lifestyle for me. So back to Michigan and lakes and water and all the good stuff around here. Sounds like Washington, lakes and water. So how is the uh, the summer treating you out there? Oh, it's been great, man. It's uh, you know, it's a little hotter than we're uh, hotter than we're used to, but you know, 90 degree weather is a great excuse to get in the water and get outside and have fun. So, been a great summer. That's awesome. Yeah, we're in a bit of a heat wave this week as well. And it's so funny because I have neighbors who have air conditioners and never use them, and they're all excited right now because they get to turn <laughs> them on. <laughs> That's so, funny. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so Nick, before we um, before we dig into those questions that I discussed. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, Tenacity Cloud and what it is that you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Tenacity is is really born out of, of my experiences and, and experiences of my business partner, Jason, who um, we've worked together for the better part of a decade. Um, I've been in the industry for 20 plus years, started as a developer. And, you know, I've been in a lot of, of early stage and growth stage companies, highly secure, highly compliant infrastructures. And the same sort of problems just sort of manifest over and over and over. And, you know, public cloud has been this great transformation of, of hardware into software, and it's made old problems uh, uh, interesting to solve again and impossible to solve them. And so, you know, Tenacity, you know, I would call it a, a, a secure cloud operating platform. Uh, we help answer a, a number of questions about uh, uh, cloud infrastructure. What do you have? Um, is it secure? Uh, is it well managed? Is it well governed? Are you meeting your compliance requirements? requirements even is it optimized and and are you you know are you managing spend and attack surface uh, the way that you should um, and you know it's 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 that we've been able to turn security and operating the cloud into a big data problem and you know provide insights to our our customers through the platform and is that primarily for people who are on AWS AWS and Azure so okay. uh, and we will eventually support uh, Google but we're focused right now on the big two and I'm I'm assuming you do some type of scan of their their settings, their security settings, or how does that work? Yeah, so we we basically plug into it's a SaaS platform. We plug into uh, their uh, accounts or or subscription, depending on what platform you're on, and uh, we have you know, the ability to basically read the metadata. Of course, we can't look at customer data or anything like that, but read the metadata about their infrastructure. 
and analyze it. So that, that helps us understand their configuration, what things cost, utilization, um, you know, really what it looks like from, from kind of a, a infrastructural configuration perspective. It's a massive amount of data. So we, you know, we uh, push that through our analytics engine and, and spit all, all sorts of insights that are constantly improving and constantly evolving to help our customers. Awesome. And then, I mean, so I'm going to put the TCO kind of discussion off to the side, total cost of ownership, but the, in terms of the security signal, and if you're working alongside with Azure, um, are you, or you're working with Azure, are you working alongside uh, Sentinel or, or are you pulling signal from Sentinel or are you pulling it directly from Azure? How, to, how where are you getting your, um, your data? Yeah, we're actually pulling the, we're pulling the metadata directly from Azure. And you know what we're what we're solving for our customers is really the foundational um, uh, uh, the foundational security issue, which is around the configuration of the infrastructure itself, and helping them understand how to um, how to get their infrastructure into a point where they reduce noise in the rest of their uh, cybersecurity program. So whatever tools they're laying over top of their infrastructure, let's make it so instead of there being you know, 10,000 gaps uh, in the infrastructure, can we narrow it down to the couple dozen or couple hundred that are necessary for the apps to actually run, and therefore reduce all the noise and false positives that you know, manifest in the rest of the cybersecurity program. So, so maybe we can back up a little bit and you can tell us a little bit how, <clears throat> actually, what is sprawl in cloud infrastructure and how do you define that? Um, and then and then we can talk about how that leads to security vulnerabilities and, um, and of course, in increased risk. Yeah, absolutely. So we want us to think about sprawl a couple of ways. Um, sprawl in kind of the tradi traditional sense of, of infrastructure can, can come from a lot of places inside of an organization now, and, and we'll hit on that. And there's also, you know, the concept of drift and, and how that contributes to uh, sprawl. Uh, so, you know, just you know, first and foremost, the, you know, evolution of cloud and especially public cloud as our infrastructure has become software, you know, the control over what resources are used, deployed, manifested, changed in the environment um, has distributed out to uh, all sorts of, of actors inside of an organization. The bigger the organization, you know, dramatically more actors have that sort of control. So what was once uh, maybe an infrastructure engineer or, uh, you know, an, an IT person or a cloud ops person that was deploying infrastructure is now, you know, anyone who can, who can punch code can, you know, deploy that infrastructure. And so in organizations where you have dozens or hundreds or even thousands of developers, that's a whole lot more actors that can do really cool things with that infrastructure. Um, with that, you know, really cool capability uh, comes the unfortunate side effect of not everyone's going to do things the same way. Not everyone's going to have um, maybe discipline is the wrong word, but I'll use it here, the discipline to clean up after themselves or, or to, uh, you know, manage the infrastructure in a way that's, that's efficient, uh, optimized or secure. Um, and we see that all the time where, uh, uh, you know, that, uh, infrastructure has been deployed, um, and, you know, very quickly folks have had to move on to a new project or they're continuing to evolve in the project and resources get left behind and say QA resources or uh, perhaps some transitional or migratory resources that um, kind of get buried in the data and are left there and become attack surface and cost and risk uh, in the environment. Okay. And so 
what what you would do with tenacity is you'd look through and say hey here's what your infrastructure looks like right now here's what you have that's active or has been activated at some point and here are some things that don't look like they're being used they're kind of dormant so maybe we want to clean those up because that'll help you reduce cost and reduce that attack service yeah absolutely so you know one of one of the very first things that we help customers do is identify abandoned or orphaned resources those that are just hanging out and it's not uncommon that we can find in an environment you know five to ten percent of the environment is is abandoned infrastructure um, the longer the environment is out there and there's some inflection points over a year and over two years uh, that that number or that percentage tends to grow fairly significantly so you know that's that's one two is that you know we help understand change that's happening in the environment so think in terms of, of guardrails on the environment you know where are changes happening where changes used to happen you know 20 years ago once a quarter maybe once a month now they're happening dozens hundreds sometimes thousands of times a day um, where are those changes happening that are creating drift potentially could lead to sprawl or or most often leading to a vulnerability that is benign currently maybe benign in the moment but can manifest as a real problem down the road can you give a specific example of a, of a problem you solved you know and and specific with the infrastructure mm -hmm. um the, the the potential costs um the potential you know vulnerability issues um, and then how how you were able to kind of remediate that yeah let me let me give a couple that are are Pretty, pretty simple, but when you think about it from kind of a data and management perspective, you know, the bigger your organization, the harder it is to find these. So the very first is, you know, very simply being able to identify abandoned storage resources. You know, storage can, can hang out, it might have sensitive data, um, and it's fairly easy uh, in operation to disconnect, say, a storage volume from an instance and leave it there um, and not have done the cleanup on it. We, we can easily detect those. We can understand when those are organized when they're abandoned um, or you know when they're just been aging and unused for a long period of time so that, that's one example how we help clean those up we help them identify them we help them understand um, where they're located uh, and you know how how much you know how how likely it is that they're you know unused uh, so that they can actually go clean up those resources uh, either you know do something with that data or get rid of it get rid of the attack surface get rid of the um, uh, cost in their environment um, a second you know from a guardrails perspective uh, a fairly common case is is again from a storage or think a, a database uh, platform uh, deploying services very quickly um, probably to do some testing this is this is a pretty common case is is uh, uh, testing infrastructure infrastructure gets left out there they're publicly accessible with uh, data on it. And, and we find this in, I don't know, 80% of the infrastructures that, that we analyze or customers that sign up, there is infrastructure, whether data infrastructure or storage infrastructure has been left unintentionally publicly accessible. That's, um, I mean, in both cases, you're bringing a lot of value to the table there. Um, once you well let me ask you this because you said we help them to identify so is this something that you know that you're running or is the platform something that the internal uh, security team can can run on their own whenever they want or is it something that's just kind of ongoing how does that, how, how does that look like 
Yeah, it is a SaaS platform. So, you know, the internal team, whether it's their cloud ops team, their dev team, their security team can leverage the platform um, on their own to uh, uh, identify, you know, the issues in their environment. And it is constantly consuming. Um, I say constantly, it's, it's checking many times a day for changes to the environment and then reanalyzing that metadata. Um, so it, it is it is a continuous monitor of what's going on in the environment and continuous protection, uh, helping our customers understand their posture from an asset cost, security, and compliance perspective. And and what's the deployment process like? <laughs> Super easy. It's uh, okay. uh, it, it, it actually we have a complete self serve mode, uh, so uh, customers can go out and right now it's it's supported for AWS. It will very soon be supported for Azure, but within about five minutes, uh, a person can sign up on their own and the data will be flowing into the platform. They'll actually start to see. Uh, 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 insights within let's say 10 minutes start to finish uh for azure it's uh right now it's still uh, set up a, a call with us and, and it takes us about 15 minutes and we'll have your subscriptions integrated um that will be automated to complete self-service in just a, a very short time very near term that long huh <laughs> <laughs> We believe in, in value quickly, value quickly, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, you know, the reality is the competitors, a lot of times it's long sales cycles and it takes forever. And, and we believe that, you know, people should be able to try a tool and the proof should be in the pudding. You should be able to get to that value very, very quickly and make a determination if tenacity is of a value to you. Makes a lot of sense to me. Hey, so, okay. You identify some, some vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. How do you prioritize? Yeah, so we look at a number of factors. So, you know, part part of part of the problem in cybersecurity, I mean, I've lived in this industry for a really long time. Uh, I've been on the operational side of it. Jason, my business partner, has been on the CISO side of it, so security and compliance side of it. And, you know, both of us saw this sort of issue manifest of, you know, operationally, when I'm running operations teams, NOC, SOC, uh, et cetera, they have, you know, always more work than they have time to do it. And where they suffer is then in what work should they do? What What's the important work to go do? And it's, it's um, I think in many organizations of experience, this is kind of whatever is the squeakiest wheel, whoever's you know yelling the loudest, whatever alert is going off uh, the most prominently. And, and that's not exactly the best way to protect yourself, right? So um, getting some deep insight into what's actually going on inside of an infrastructure, being able to you know, find signal among noise um, is really important. So we we look at a number of factors. We, we're turning, you know, this security problem, this cloud management problem into a big data problem, doing the analysis, looking at impact factors like, um, you know, potentially blast radius, uh, looking at things like external exposure versus internal, looking at uh, potentially uh, the, the, the ability to, um, uh, elevate privileges to look at, you know, what potential IAM implications there are, et cetera, before we score and categorize a, a vulnerability and surface that as being the most impactful. So part of part of what we're doing is really around our scoring mechanism um, and helping them understand where they can get, the, you know, what vulnerability can they knock down to get the biggest bang for their buck and make sure that they're reducing the most risk right now, today, first thing they do. And so uh, does your platform provide some type of s score like, mm -hmm. you know, Microsoft's uh, security, secure score or something like that? 
Yeah, we do. We we have a uh, preparedness score. Uh, it's a, it's a double weighted score where again we're looking at you know really uh, how n- not just how critical a potential vulnerability is, but what is the impact, what's the reach, and in helping them understand overall in their environment, you know how prepared are they? It's it's I, I may say something that's that's unpopular here, but uh, in my experience. It's, it's impossible to get to perfection security. It's just a necessity for uh, an app and a business to function. And there's a reality of budget and dollars to hire the folks to uh, help manage the risk. So you should have tools that support the folks getting to the highest possible preparedness, knowing mm-hmm. they won't get to perfect. Makes, makes a lot of sense. So let me ask you, what's your typical customer profile? Uh, yeah, so uh, our, our, you know, our target market is uh, generally uh, mid-market. Um, it's folks who are, you know, in public cloud, whether they're uh, just starting their transition or whether they're in transition or whether they've recently transitioned, they're probably focused on, you know, uh, security and compliance. Um, and they are looking for insight and help uh, in you know, making sure that they're running in a, you know, generally they're, they're looking for, for help, whether it's getting to a best practice, uh, from a, from a, a security perspective, or whether it's trying to achieve uh, a compliance objective, whether it's, you know, as, as easy as SOC 2 or as difficult as, you know, trying to implement best practices around 853, um, that's, that's usually when they're coming to us looking for data and insight. Okay, when that brings up an, uh, actually another question, do you provide some type of you know mapping towards different regulatory bodies? So you know, mm-hmm. you, with for example, with Microsoft, you have uh, Compliance Manager, I think it's called, um, mm-hmm. and you can you know you can see where you're at just based upon the you know your Microsoft and Azure tenant, right? where you're at in terms of a particular regulatory body. You can assign responsibility, you can follow up. It's, it's kind of like a project management slash monitoring tool. Mm-hmm. Um, do you provide something like that or what, how does your tool work? We do, we do. So from from an analytic perspective, of course, we're, you know, we're doing the checks to understand what, you know, what technical requirements are necessary to uh, pass or meet the, you know, obligatory requirements. Um, and we map those then out to the framework itself. And one, one of the parts of our platform that, that our customers rave about is that we um, we have made our continuous compliance uh, components uh uh, viewable or navigable based on the actual compliance framework itself. So you can actually navigate through the, you know, through the framework, through the control groups, through the individual controls themselves, actually see uh, contextually what the control requires and then the sorts of checks that Tenacity is doing so that you can actually understand your progression towards achievement um, or towards maintaining uh, that you know, those requirements on an ongoing basis. The, the, the very earliest feedback we heard from our customers in using other tools and in using the cloud providers was that the tools out there didn't help them um, really, you know, communicate internally to their own uh, compliance teams, to their own GRC teams, to their auditors and assessors. And it, and it made it difficult uh, for them to, you know, speak and communicate as to what needed to be done. So we built the platform from the perspective of how do we give insight from a different point of view and help them understand from really the framework's point of view uh, and bring all those teams together so they can communicate inside the platform.
Awesome. Hey, so so what regulatory bodies are of most concern to your target customers, to these mid-market customers? Yeah, so I think I think you have kind of the the basics, right? You know, any publicly traded company, any company that's that's dealing with uh, PHI or or a whole lot of PII, you're going to end up with, um, you know, SOC two and ISO twenty seven zero one are really common. PCI, if if they're using cardholder data, those those are the most common ones that we see. Um, but of course, we have healthcare organizations that are down the path of NIST eight hundred one seventy one, um, or organizations that are you know really highly focused on security. And that might be, you know, financial services, fintech companies that are focused more NIST 853 because they're looking for a gold standard. Um, and we also support things like uh, uh, CIS and there's a handful of others that I'm, I'm not rattling off here. But, uh, you know, we we move very quickly to support the frameworks that our customers ask for. And so at, especially as we go into new organizations and we see uh, a new need, um, we respond, our, our internal team responds very, very quickly in being able to map, understand a framework and bring it to the platform. Um, so we're always responding to customers' needs there. You know, we, we want to build out and have uh, a bigger and better library of those frameworks than, than really any other player in the industry. Awesome. And how do you engage with customers? Is this uh, something they can do through your website or do you do outbound or do you work through partners or how does that work? Uh, all the above. So, uh, you know, customers can easily find us at tenacitycloud.com. They can sign up for a free trial. They can integrate right there from the platform. They can engage directly with us if they want to. We also have partners that um, leverage the platform uh, in their services uh, to, you know, to help their customers as well. So there's a number of ways that the platform is, is used. And if you were to give one piece of advice other than using Tenacity Cloud to your um, customers, your target customers that are, let's, um, let me back up, companies that are looking to migrate to the cloud, okay, mm -hmm. and there's still a few out there that haven't, um, what advice would you give them from the security and compliance perspective? Um, well, it, it, I, I have two things that I that I tell people. So the most important one, first of all, is getting this right early on, getting security and compliance right from the early stages of a migration, um, from the early stages of your cloud adoption, is is so much easier than coming back and trying to do it later. I mean, I, I, it, it's not a linear equation. It is it is exponentially harder once you have you know sort of a mess, right? And and I say that having been the person who's created the mess. Um, and so in, in the past, um, and, and the second thing I would say is, you know, there are, there are realities to hiring right now that make it very difficult to find talent quickly to do the sorts of things that give businesses advantage in public cloud and leveraging these services. It is not just a function of going and finding the right people. It's making sure that you're finding the right tools, the right partners, and the right people all together um, in, in, you know, building a program around that. Yeah, that seems to be a constant challenge of deciding, do we, you know, build this and manage it in-house, in or do we buy something and run it in-house, or do we outsource the whole thing to, you know, a subject matter expert uh, that has the tool and is just going to, you know, do a pl plug and play thing for us. And, you know, I, I think we, we probably both agree that there's an increasingly uh, 
growing trend to doing the last one, just, you know, buying something that's easy to plug and play. We don't need any custom development and we don't need that custom in-house subject matter expert because it, like you said, it's hard to get them. It's hard to find the people. It really is. Uh, what, what questions do your customers and prospects ask you about the security uh, and or compliance of Tenacity Cloud? Um, well, one, they want to know if we eat our own dog food, and the answer is always emphatically yes. Um, so that's that's one. You know, two is is there's always the question of, you know, what power, what control do we have, you know, out in our customers' environments? And the answer is none. Uh, we can, you know, help with metadata um, in understanding that, but, you know, there's, there's, there's um, we take security very, very seriously. We want to make sure that there's not a honeypot created. So, um, you know, th those are two things that they ask about us. Um, gosh, I don't know. What other questions would you ask, Mark? <laughs> I think I think those are probably the the two leading ones. I I'd, I'd want to know, you know, what exactly what what visibility do you as the platform provider have in terms of my internal security posture, compliance posture? Um, a lot of companies are reluctant to kind of share that. They're they're concerned, right? I mean, obviously, you're you're a trusted provider, trusted partner but they still want to kind of keep their cards close to their chest in, in terms of any potential issues that are out there. Yeah. And, and, and we do see that now that that's a, that's a rare case that um, they're so concerned that they, that they don't want to use the platform, but we do uh, offer deployment model that um, does allow for the platform to be isolated. If, if an organization absolutely needs that and is, is willing to, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit different from a, from a pricing model, but it does work. So they, they can have a deployment that's really isolated to them and provides them benefit without the, the perceived risk of the platform understanding their internal posture. Excellent. Well, hey, um, maybe just a last couple questions here, uh, more on the business side. Tell us a little bit about, because I, I think Tenacity Cloud has been around for just a little over two years. Is that yes, correct? That's right. So, Tell, tell me about the the creation and evolution of the company to date and mm -hmm. where you are and where you expect to be going over the next 6, 12, 18 months. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, J Jason and I, uh, we come from most recently, you know, secure cloud uh, in the provider space. And after our after our previous exit, we, we spent about a year um, out in the industry uh, talking to, you know, everyone we knew and a whole lot of people we didn't know, uh, going to events, speaking to investors, speaking to other operators, analysts, you know, just, just anyone that, that, um, would give us a half hour of their time and really trying to understand the going concerns inside of cybersecurity and public cloud. Cause that's where we knew we wanted to play. And what we found out very early on in that process was that, you know, the same darn problems that, that we had seen exist and they, they manifest over and over and over regardless of the uh, technology stack. And those problems are around, you know, visibility, detectability and observability of infrastructure and in, in what's going on and, and all, all issues of um, security preparedness and exploit, you know, start at the root of configuration of how are we, uh, controlling and managing users and privilege and uh, uh, infrastructure and access to our environments. And if we can get that right, then then we reduce noise and, and reduce attack surface. And so, 
you know, we decided that it was time to go out and solve that problem. So we started the company a little over two years ago. Uh, we raised our seed round uh, uh, September of 21. And um, we've been cooking along ever since. Um, you know, the evolution of tenacity, uh, there is uh, uh, what you'll see next from us is we have all this data. So there are uh, AI plays in the works that are coming to provide even more intelligence uh, in the platform. There is also, uh, you know, what we're hearing from some customers is the desire for guardrails on the environment, not just detect and help understand the environment, but prevent issue from happening. You know, consume infrastructure as secure infrastructure. And so that is coming very, very soon where um, our, our customers who want that will be able to consume AWS and Azure services as natively as secure services and not, you know, not having those services go drift out of, of security and compliance. Um, and I think you'll see us, uh, uh, you'll see us in, uh, series A and series B and so on in the not too distant future, uh, doing good things and growing. And, and, you know, um, we, uh, we're always looking for, uh, good people, both internally and as customers to join us for that ride and influence us and, and tell us all the cool things that they want to see, uh, in a platform like Tenacity. Awesome. Sounds really exciting. And I mean, just given the the momentum of movement to the cloud and the expansion of the use of the cloud. Uh, I'm super excited for you. I, and a lot of people think like, you know, most of the companies in America, they've already made this move to the cloud, at least as, you know, as much as they are going to move. Um, obviously, there's still a s substantial number of companies that um, are in progress or haven't made the move yet. But when you get outside the U.S., for example, um, mm -hmm. it's... There, there, there's a whole nother wave coming um, in Europe and in Asia, and there's going to be a wave behind that. So I think, you know, you're in it at the right time and um, your future is looks to be very bright. So um, with that said, I'd, I'd like to wish you and, and your team a, an amazing second half of 2022. Well, thank you so much, Mark. Really appreciate that. Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance.